Hello and welcome to Real Time Strategy, a podcast all about the gaming industry. I'm one of your hosts, Sam Mosier, joined once again by my co-host, Caitlin Redwing. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm cold. I feel <laughs> like I'm still in Michigan and I'm not. Yeah. Did you expect when you moved from Michigan to LA that you would ever see snow again? No, it's been constant rain and snow. I feel like I actually didn't leave Michigan. <laughs> I'm wearing a turtleneck and a sweatshirt over it and like two pairs of socks. That's wrong. Meanwhile, I'm here in Missouri and it's like 60 degrees. <laughs> yes. I talked to my dad who's in Missouri. He's like, yeah, it's like really nice out. I'm like, great. I'm like dying and freezing all the time. So, but thankfully I don't have to type right now because my fingers are so cold. I just talk. <laughs> Well, and we have a very good reason to be talking today because this week we're joined by actor Gabe Kunda, the voice behind KO in Valorant, Newcastle in Apex Legends, and Macaron in 2023's first viral gaming hit, Hi-Fi Rush. Thank you so much for joining us, Gabe. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right, Sam. Thank you so much for having me, you and Caitlin. Uh, yeah, this is cool. I'm glad we finally got to make it happen. Yeah, no, we're, it's been, you know, Hi-Fi Rush blew up in late January and I was seeing you engaging with all the fans and knew would be a great fit for the show. I mean, like, I don't think any of our guests will be offended for us to say that obviously you have the best voice of anybody who's come on the podcast <laughs> so far. <laughs> well, th thank you so much. I appreciate it. No, it's, it's been really cool to seeing the reactions for the game. I, the whole thing is like... I almost forgot I recorded on it, so it's it's kind of crazy when it <laughs> popped out. It was like, what? Cool. Well, it surprised all of us because none of us knew it was coming out. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and we will dig into all of that for sure. Uh, but Gabe, when we have somebody new on the podcast, we like to ask them some get-to-know-you questions, some, I some gaming icebreakers, if you will. So to start us off, uh, what are you playing right now? Uh, what I'm playing right now is... Oh my gosh, um, a multiple of games. Right now, I'm trying to get better at Apex. <laughs> um, like that's the thing. And then I was well, I'm jumping back and forth from Apex and Valorant. Um, I started getting better at Valorant, and then I was like, okay, let me get to Apex. And then I'm like, wait, controller? How do I do this thing? You know, the the on the PS5 controller. I'm like, mm -hmm. and that's that's my bread and butter. But because I went to Valorant, which is all mouse and keyboard, it's been difficult. But yeah, that's what I'm playing these days is both Apex and, and Valorant. I am totally going to jump ahead. But so you mentioned you're playing Apex and Valorant, two games that you voice characters in. Do, mm -hmm. Is that like a, a chicken? What's the chicken and egg situation there? Are those games you played <laughs> before you voiced characters or did you start playing them because you were voicing characters? Yeah, no, I, I started playing them because I was voicing the characters. Mm -hmm. I never, I didn't really play them before at, at all, especially Valorant. I'm not really a, a PC gamer at all. Mm -hmm. Like, I literally only play that uh, on PC. Uh, so, yeah, it wasn't until I booked it that I was like, you know what? I probably should know some of the mechanics of the games and stuff because they would talk about it in sessions that I would have. Mm -hmm. uh, they would discuss, you know, certain things, ping system and all that stuff, and I didn't know what it was. I figured, you know, getting to play it a little bit will help my understanding of how to kind of, you know, call out stuff and, and just – and then I ended up, yeah. you know, having fun. So that's – stuck that's with a plus. it. plus. <laughs> and then I have to ask, are you maining your characters – you know it. There's no way to not do it. I think for Apex, I was for a minute there. Actually, before my character came out, because I played it for about six hours, eight months before 
uh, my character came out and who I was maining at the time was Seer on Apex. And then um, on Valorant, well, I didn't, it wasn't until my character like came out that I actually started playing it. But yeah, KO, I mean, that's all I know. If, I, if you give me anybody else, I'm like, what is this thing? <laughs> Now, speaking of, you know, playing these games, playing as your characters, there are some mm -hmm. great videos online I would recommend everybody checking out of you playing as your characters and interacting with people. What are some examples of like, have people, you know, how common is it that people realize, oh, shoot, like that's that's the voice actor on the mic? Well, it's it's really common. I mean, th the thing is, at first I had my name, just my name alone, and I would speak into the mic and people would be like, well, you sound very familiar. <laughs> and then I just started putting the real KO. Now, Grant, now when you put the real KO, for some reason people think you're the fake KO. Um, <laughs> you know, and so one of the things I love doing, especially like getting in the Valor matches, like some quick matches, I'll love messing with the, the, the they'd be some kid teenage kids on there that'd be just playing and i'd be like you know say a voice line and like no that's not you that can't be you it is oh my god and then they'll <laughs> they'll search me up on tiktok and youtube was like that's the guy and then the match is over and i'm gone <laughs> it's, like, it's very funny but uh yeah that's it, uh trolling trolling the kiddos on on the games is definitely a time well, props to you for, again, like you said, I know you're always sharpening the skills, but being even able to do that, because as much as I love Apex and the movement especially, uh, I am, you would be trolling me day in and day out. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the fun. And then, you know, taking taking some of it and putting for content on TikTok and stuff and, and, and YouTube is always fun, too, because when I get in, people are like, am I going to be on YouTube? <laughs> that's, that's always funny. But uh, yeah, it's a fun time. Were you into content creation, like game content creation specifically, before you got into voice acting, or did that come come as part of the the gig? No, it it really when I started playing, when well, I started to realize there were there were a lot of like, you know, content creation around the games, and I was like, well, this would probably be interesting if I, as a voice actor, started making content for it. Uh, you know, not as a main gig, but just something fun to do. Uh, and I started doing it. It was fun. And I'm like, oh, I like this, you know, and then I, I, I Twitch stream. And so I have an editor who just kind of takes my streams and makes it into something beautiful and cut it up for YouTube, TikTok and all the other social platforms. So it's like, hey, you know, makes it makes it easy. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, speaking of voice acting, uh, another get to know you question for just kind of voice acting in general and gaming. What are your, some of your favorite examples of other voice actors in gaming? Of course, before we talk about your work. Steve Bloom, definitely. Um, who else? Uh, Carolina Ravasa, who plays who's in uh, plays Rays in Valorant. She's amazing. Um, uh, oh gosh, I'm starting to. Mom, my, now my my brain is uh, Alpha Lobby, who plays Phoenix in Valorant. He's awesome too. Maybe you don't know the name, but is there like a performance, like one character that you're like, oh, that's like a great voice acting? Um, I think, well, Phil Lamar's Static Shock is probably one of my favorite. Uh, that and Kevin Conroy's The Batman. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you just can't, you can't beat that. And no. rest in peace, he's gone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, he is, he's definitely a hero in his performance and how grounded he is. And it's just like this 
that's how Bat- Batman is. Th- he is Batman in my he mind. Is, you know, he is Batman. He's yeah. that's the voice that I hear when I like think of Batman. It's it is Kevin Conroy. That's Kevin Conroy, man. Anybody who comes half stepping, it's like, uh but uh, I I feel like everybody's trying to be that, which is amazing to leave that kind of legacy. Um, And and, and obviously his counterpart, the Joker, um, Mark Hamill, uh, another one who is out of this world talented uh, Mm -hmm. heroes. Yeah. So I'd say Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, Phil Lamar. uh, I would also say Cree Summers. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Cree. She's amazing as well. She's done hundreds, hundreds of characters. I mean, you can even couldn't even name them she's she's incredible uh but you know it's the last day of black history month and so those are my people right there phil lamar and Chris summers i mean we gotta give it kevin michael richardson is another one i can go all day man hey they just <laughs> they're See, heroes. we just got we just had to get the ball rolling and all the names came <laughs> yeah 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 no those those are those are the heroes for me uh, and, and performances that i i look to for inspiration oh Cree summers was princess Kita from atlantis yes oh Yes. Oh, oh, she was in Voltron. Okay, I see you're and like Rugrats, saying names and yes. And kids next door and all a bunch of other stuff. Number five. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Is there someone who, and you may have already maybe maybe it was Kevin Conroy or someone else you mm-hmm. mentioned, but is there a voice actor that really was like your idol that influenced you to getting into voice acting? Ooh, I, I think my idol was because initially I wasn't going to do character work. I was going to do mainly mm-hmm. movie trailers when I first got into it. I wanted to voice uh, trailers for a living. And one of my the, my idols was Don LaFontaine, uh, who's no longer with us as well. He, he passed away back in 2008. And uh, he was doing all the movie trailers. I used the voice of all of them. And I was like, I want to do that. And this was, you know, I was a sophomore in high school, about 2000. 10 2011 in the area and i was that's when i was awakened to the fact of the voice acting man i could use my voice to make a living and stuff and i chased after it i watched a video called million dollar voices on youtube and it changed my life i was like that's what i want to do so i'd say don lafontaine was the one was he the one that did the in a world definitely (laughs) that's him him. he was the poorly imitated but yes that iconic uh trailer intro Yep, he was he was the inner world guy who made it famous. I mean, he, I think they said he has over a couple thousand trailers under his belt. You know, movie trailers. Wow. His voice is just insane. Uh, but you know, um, he was a trailblazer and he created that 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 sound that everyone uses today, uh, that I use today. You know, mm-hmm. to to make a living. So yeah, Don LaFontaine definitely uh, one of my heroes. So per Caitlin's question about your idol and and how you got started and and realizing that voice acting was a line of work that you could get into i guess starting there with the the movie trailers um where did you go from there what was after watching that million dollar voices video what was what were the next steps you took yeah well the next steps i knew that i needed to be um represented by an agent um and but i also knew that i was kind of far off from doing that because this is me getting into it so uh, what I did was I got I got into some um, acting classes and I uh, got into musical theater uh, and also some um, onstage acting at my school and uh, also learned audio radio production that they offered a class at my uh, high school. And I I took that class just to learn how to edit my own voice, how to, how to bounce files, how to uh, convert things from waves, MP3, all that kind of stuff. And that's kind of that was my kind of training ground in terms of recording. And then finally, this was probably 
2015, I started doing like impression videos online. This was when Vine was out. Uh, I would do impression videos on Vine and Instagram and just trying to get my way out there to get an agent uh, to, to kind of discover me is what they would mm -hmm. say. Uh, and that necessarily didn't work. I, but I got a lot of followers off of it I built a, a huge following just doing what I you know was doing. And um, finally, I had someone say, hey, you got to create a voiceover demo and submit it. That's how you would get an agency. Uh, to look at you. There was one agency I had looked at for a very long time. I wanted to be rep, rep by them. Um, and that was uh, Atlas Talent, who I'm represented by now. And yeah, I submitted my demo my senior year of college. They called me back after a few days and they were like, hey, we want to sign you. And so I've been doing it full time since 2017. That's awesome. And what does, for those unaware, not, not in the VO business, what does a demo look like? Yeah, demo. So typically it's about 60 minutes, uh, 60 minutes. Oh, God, no. Uh, six, <laughs> 60 seconds of uh, just uh, uh, various commercials, various uh, characters, various uh, projects um, related to voiceover. And you're just kind of putting it in. And what you're trying to do is kind of like your headshot for voiceover, trying mm -hmm. to show your range, what the characters you can do, how you can interpret copy, um, you know, what you would sound like on a either a, pro, a, a TV show or a radio spot or a, a TV spot or commercial. So that was, uh, that's the kind of the essence of a demo. So people can, um, agencies can hear you and see if they want to sign you on. And also if other companies, so there are many of times where companies will go to agencies and say, hey, we would like to get someone who it sounds like he's 27, has maybe a gruff voice to him, but still sounds young. Could you send us some demos of people that you may think fits that bill on, off your roster? And then they will send that demo um, over. So it's kind of it feeds a lot of purposes, but um, mainly uh, rep representation for sure. That's awesome. And I'm curious, just to rewind the clock just a bit further before the, uh, you know, realizing you wanted to uh, do voice acting, because yeah. as a huge movie fan, I love the in the world voice guy. I've always thought that was cool, but like it never entered my brain. I was like, oh, that could be you. Like, had you <laughs> been doing acting? Had had people told you you had a great voice? Like what triggered that part of like, oh, I, I am actually capable of doing this? Yeah, I, mean, I, I for for a while, I, I think we. I was uh, told by people, you know, you got a nice sounding voice. Even in, when I was uh, in a sophomore in high school, people would mention that. Uh, what really kicked it off, though, I mean, it was I was in biology class and I was reading a uh, the the class was tasked with reading certain passages of a book. So it was kind of popcorn reading, is what they would call mm -hmm. it. So they pick on one person to read, they pick on the next person, and then they picked on me to read. And I was so bored. I wanted to be a class clown, and I was like, in a world where the <laughs> organism was, you know, just kind of that type of thing. And um, they, uh, my teacher was kind of like, this is interesting, you know. <laughs> and she wasn't, she wasn't even mad at it. She was like, because it was keeping the attention of the class. And so at the end of class, at the end of that year, she said, you know what, you should really think about doing the announcements for school. Um, they would have students read, do it all the time. But, you know, obviously when they're doing, regular students are doing the announcements for school, they're like, good morning, students of <laughs> Summit High School. Wait, yeah, yeah, Summit High, you know, it's just one of those things. So I auditioned to do it. Um, and when I did that, man, I like my the person who was setting up the audition was like, oh, my gosh, this is like <laughs> you're taking this really seriously. And I was like, yeah, I want the job. And so that's what kicked it off. I went to go look on YouTube announcers uh, and that video came up. Million dollar voices. 
That's oh man, you just brought me back with popcorn reading. What it would have given to have you in my class because you're there were some snoozers in there, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Popcorn, you read it. I was like, yep, I gotcha. I always loved days. the popcorn reading. I loved reading in front of classes. I, I don't know you. what maybe I feel like it was it's easier to pay attention to what is being said when I'm like the one saying it out loud. Cause like you said, everyone else is super boring. I'm like, I'm not paying yeah. attention to what other people are talking. It, Exactly. And, and that's the thing, right? It's like you're sitting there and I'm like, I, I'm just like, everyone's just kind of stuttering over their words. And finally they call on me and I'm like, I'm here. You know? <laughs> I like, just got to make it a make it a more epic thing. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned that when you were doing some acting classes, you did some like stage work and other kind of acting. Is that anything that you thought that you may be, you may pursue further um, to do like more in-person acting or maybe like even with video games, like doing performance acting where it's like the full motion capture with the voice acting. Uh, yeah. So at that time, there wasn't a lot of motion capture type mm-hmm. of things, but it was definitely something I was just kind of like, you know, in my life, I may stumble upon uh, a, a, an audition for musical theater or an audition mm-hmm. for a stage play. So I want to kind of have the tools in my pocket to do that. And I also do enjoy acting. And uh, I've kind of in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, maybe one day I can do on screen acting. I don't know. Uh, but this would be the closest thing to it. So let's try it. Uh, and those tools obviously helped what I do now because. I tell people all the time, you know, voiceover, voice acting is the it's 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 small V, big A, you know, uh, emphasis on acting. And so any type of uh, anytime you can have the opportunity to get in on a stage or in and, and be someone other than yourself and to portray that, do it because it'll help you, especially in this medium where you all you have is your voice um, to kind of portray an emotion or or what's going on so yeah i mean on stage acting and 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 that was just a uh, uh just in case type of thing but I, something also i enjoyed yeah so where we left off in the chronological order you were talking about the demo you submitted and it got you with atlas right absolutely yep and so tell us where that took you from there what was your what were kind of some of your early work examples and then when did like commercial work become voice acting work yeah, so some of the earlier stuff that I, I mean, it was it was a month into it, about a month and a half into it, and I had booked my first kind of big promo job. Uh, and for people who don't know what promo is, it's uh, the guy you hear saying, coming up next on Nick, you know, that, <laughs> that type of work. Um, so commercials for the actual TV shows. And my first show was for uh, a UFC uh kind of thing called Bellator NYC on Spike TV. And that was the, the thing that got me actually drafted into the union as well taft hart lead into the union and that's when i started to kind of work on some bigger projects that you know because a lot of the bigger work and a lot of the more uh kind of starry-eyed things are union sanctioned so uh getting that union car was a real cool way to get in there and start actually making some things happen so i'd worked on that uh after that i worked on some stuff for apple i did some things uh that same year i did some work for tnt one of uh, my earlier promo work was for the alienist um and and for all both uh, both seasons and then um i was the voice of the atlanta hawks later on that year and then i started doing some commercials for fox and then it started just kind of rolling after that and really at the same time i had started working this was 20 i got signed and i started doing all that fun stuff in 2017 but a year prior to that in 2016 i was already working on anime um i was doing quite a bit of anime uh it was kind of first 
thing. I started doing like things like NPCs and <laughs> hey, over there, you know, that kind of <laughs> stuff. Um, and then it turned into me actually getting some substantial roles. And that was coinciding, coinciding with the work that I did with my agency as well. So, uh, yeah, it started kind of rolling and rolling. The following year, uh, I was the um, the live announcer for the MTV Movie and TV Awards, which is really cool. And then it just it started rolling after that. I started doing uh, movie trailers in uh well, actually, yeah, 2018 was my biggest. That's my first time I did a movie called Ocean's Eight. Um, oh and yeah, that was yeah. So that was my first campaign right out the gate, and uh, you know, it spun into other things like the Black Klansman, uh, Widows with Viola Davis, uh, Creed Two, um, and it just started kind of rolling after that. It was amazing. All of like my recent favorite movies. It's kind of crazy to think Yay. how many times I've heard your voice. And <laughs> Sam recently shared a you posted on your Instagram about how you were the the Avatar trailer. Yes. And yes. I just I was like, oh I'm like I I couldn't even like because I had heard your voice when we were prepping for this podcast. I was like, I can't even hear it. So then I listened to it over and over again. I was like, wait, I'm like, it is him. I can hear it, but it just it's kind of amazing how how you can change your voice and you've done all of this work that kind of I don't want to say goes unrecognized, but a lot of like layman people like me, I'm like, oh yeah, just that's the trailer guy, and then. Oh, I'm like playing Valorant or I'm watching an anime and it's you don't realize just how much um, variety of work and a range that voice actors have. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things, you know, a lot of my family, friends, everyone connected to me before I did what I was doing. They thought it was like a robot doing it. You know, or, you know, a guy named Steve in Calabasas or something, uh, <laughs> you know, doing it. But, you know, when I started doing it and they start realizing it, they start picking out my voice on TV. And now mm-hmm. they're aware of that. War. It kind of like you, it kind of like takes off the, the veil a little bit. And you're just kind of like, this is all I can think about now when I'm watching commercials. I'm not even thinking about the commercial. I'm like, who's voicing that? I wonder if that's <laughs> Gabe, you know, which is really cool. Uh, but no, it's it's. uh definitely i say it goes unrecognized i mean it's behind the scenes i always say like i actually love it because if for whatever reason if they were to show my face every time a trailer of mine came up or something like that i probably have no peace like i probably <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't go to the store or i probably couldn't be able to do anything because it just happened so much mm-hmm. uh i'm probably You've probably heard my voice so many times and not even known it. Uh, and, and so it it's cool. I like the anonymity of it. It is. And every now and then I like to pop out and say, oh, yeah, it's me. And then go back into hiding with my dog <laughs> and wife. <laughs> it is very cool. I mean, even I did the, the, the research for the podcast and was looking up all of your work. And and then between like knowing you were in a coming on and doing it, the Super Bowl happened. And oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like five, you were in five commercials, right? Or your voice was, of course. Yeah. Yep. No, oh, five commercials. It's insane. It's not <laughs> that's not something you can just kind of chill out and be like, yeah, I did that thing. No, I was no, five Super Bowl commercials. Insane. No, but no, it, it was a it's amazing. I, that was that's also a kind of a hallmark dream of mine uh, to be on the Super Bowl. And, and yeah, I, 
I was just sitting there like just tears, like I can't believe they, they picked me. Uh, so it's. An did honor. you guys have like a Super Bowl watch party? Just but basically it was like let's listen for Gabe. We did. That's all it was. It wasn't this. It was just commercials. Yeah, who cares man. about Super Bowl? So my family got together and we just kind of sitting there listening to commercials and it was like who's that? You know, I had my, so a couple of my other friends who voiced some mm-hmm. stuff too, which was cool. So yeah. Oh, that's yeah. very cool. So now, I mean, we have listeners around the world, but I think regardless, like at the very least, I'm pretty safe to say everyone listening to this has heard your voice somewhere. <laughs> I, I think so, man. I think if you're a Marvel fan, if you're a, if you like Warner Brothers movies, if you like 20th Century, I, I mean, all types of stuff. You've heard my voice on your TV, and you've you flipped the channel right before I say "Ready PG-13," <laughs> and very quickly too. That Avatar commercial, it's. Oh, yeah. I couldn't even rapidly say it as fast as you get the rating out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we, uh, we've we talked about commercial work, the anime work. Tell us about how you got into games voice acting. Yeah. So game, uh, again, uh, with my agency. Uh, so I my first, first video game ever was doing like a, kind of a, a civilian character on Far Cry 4, I think it was. Far Cry 4 and then after that it started to kind of spin and I started to get more training in that area because video games is a lot more like uh, more a lot more cinematic than it is cartoony. It used to be a lot more cartoony, just a little bit like jokey. Now, Hi-Fi Rush, come on, man. It's like that's a that's a comic book type of thing. It's like <laughs> nice Saturday morning cartoon. But uh, other video games more grounded, so like Call of Duty, Apex, they just had a little bit more meat to it where you had to really act. Um, you couldn't get away, get away with just doing a funny voice. And so I definitely, I did that. And then I just started auditioning more and more and more. And then I finally booked my first kind of bigger, big, I think like solo player. Like I'm, you know, I'm the guy with uh, call of duty. And then later on after that, it was like literally shortly after it was Valorant and then apex that following, it was at the. No, actually, within the same quarter, I booked all three of those like solo shooters um, in the same quarter, which is insane. But Apex was much le- uh, longer lead time. It was about a year before it released. You're collecting all the big like live at- live service <laughs> shooters like Infinity Stones. <laughs> That's what it felt like. It was like I and I didn't realize it until later on. I was like, wait a minute, this is the main. All I need is Fortnite or Genshin yeah. Impact. <laughs> Come on, Destiny. We just need Bungie and Epic calling, and then you exactly. got all exactly, <laughs> exactly. We, we have connections, Sam. Let's yeah. send a note. Make some things happen. <laughs> so tell us about so those, like you said, those character roles, those those name parts in these big games. What does that character process look like? Are you? I'm yeah. sure there's a character sheet coming your way. What is it? How do you work with a developer to find that character? So, uh, well, typically what happened, an audition will come in. Um, I will audition for that thing. And it, it sometimes there'll be a callback. Other times it'll be like, hey, we love you for this character. Um, and if they book me, they'll we'll set a date, get in together. Well, it's like four hours worth of recording. And we sit there and typically it's not us necessarily like, well, we'll find the voice 
uh, more so the attitude of the character, not necessarily the quality of the voice, because they already picked me for what I did on the audition in regards to the quality of voice. So it's more so like the little things of like the the attitude, um, and and just kind of finding moments in the scripts to make things shine, and 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 maybe maybe some improv a little bit. Who, who knows? Um, but that's kind of how it goes in terms of developing the character. There's a whole team, a writing team that is dedicated to creating these worlds, creating these characters. And making sure that it's fleshed out so that we're, I'm able to come in and say, okay, here are the tools that I have to play with um, within this world. And, and that's typically how it, how it works. And, and yeah, it's, some games are a lot more collaborative where it's like, hey, here are the lines, but have fun. And others are like, here are the lines. Here are the railroads. You know, you stick on this until the cows come home. <laughs> And so you mentioned the audition process. I'm curious, what does that look like? I, I was uh, looking at your Twitter before coming on the show, and you you mentioned a word called slating, which was a term I wasn't familiar with, and I did some research. Like, oh, this is so interesting. Oh, yeah. So slating is – so that is like a – it. everybody does it differently, right? <laughs> so some people will say uh, when you before you record, you say your name, Gabe Kunda. And then you start recording. And it's so that the casting director, when she's listening or he is listening to all of this stuff, they're able to know, oh, okay, that's Gabe. Or they're able to kind of put a name. Or sometimes they will, like, take all these MP3s and auditions and compile them into one folder. And then, you know, like, months down the road, they'll go back and listen. And sometimes they'll change the titles of the, the files. And so that slate helps them know who's who. Mm -hmm. And so now some people, what they'll do is they'll say... You know, if it's a if it's a cowboy, hi, my name's Gabe Kuna. I'm reading for cowboy. You know, they'll kind of do it in the voice of the character. Some will just say Gabe Kunda, or some will wait until the end of their audition, on the end of the file, to say who their name is. Which I like better because it's like, um, in the world where we are, like we just need things fast and we need things now and we need to get to it. We don't have time for all this stuff. I I, I think it's important to get to the point and then discuss business afterwards. Um, it's just so, I mean, if you imagine if you have 50 files and you're clicking through and everybody's saying, how are you? How are you? This is me. And they're taking a while to get to the meat of the thing that gets annoying and you have to go in there and edit yourself. So doing it at the end works for me. That's why I'm on team and slate. <laughs> <laughs> it also is like psychologically, if they're listening to your lines and they really like it, instead of having to go back and be like, who was that? And like, listen to that. Your name comes at the very end. Exactly. Exactly. And and it it just it it's an easier because there are people who will kind of belabor that slate, you know, mm -hmm. in order to kind of, you know, hope you guys are doing well today. Today's a really sunny day. And the, the, the thing is, man, they don't care. They're wanting <laughs> to get the they, you know, they have short uh, um, lead times to these things and they have to get casting going. And if you give any reason, <laughs> any reason for them to skip. Boom, he'll take it, you know. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the the mindset there. So whether it's for the audition process or just for you have the role you're about to record, what does your process look like? How do you take care of your voice? How do you prep it? So um, the way I prep uh, for me, it, it depends. So if I'm doing kind of a more deeper voice, um, a, a kind of deeper voice character, I will not do as much warm ups because 
um, the warmer my voice gets, the less resonant it becomes. And so I'll just leave it a no. Now, if I'm doing a character that's a little bit more higher in my range, like where I am now, this kind of area, I will warm it up just so that I can get up here if I need to. Oh my gosh. And I can, you know, kind of traverse that land. So it, it really depends on what characters I'm doing. Um, with voiceover, like commercial work, I will do minimal like hums and and kind of uh, 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 sirens, as we like to call it. Mm -hmm. um, but I won't do any type of screaming or, or any type of anything that's too crazy or a lot of talking just because I don't want to work it up. I want to keep that resonance and keep that kind of fullness of sound. So, yeah, it, it, it varies for sure. When you have the recording sessions, yeah. uh, depending on like if it's a really high pitched or where the register is, are those recording sessions, do they vary by length depending on like how much work you're putting on your vocal cords? That's a great question. So if it's uh, for Call of Duty, as an example, um, there'll be a bunch of lines, ping lines and just a bunch of like just uh, talking lines that you would do that with a character, you know, beside you or a soldier beside you or whatever. But then there'll be lines of efforts is what we call them, where you're yelling, you're you're you know, you're on fire, a bear's chasing you. You've been, you know, a grenade blew off your leg. And those things typically they will keep for the end of all your sessions. Gotcha. Um, it just so that it preserves your voice and, and they will also keep it for the end of the week sometimes so that, cause if, if I, if I do the effort session on a Tuesday and I have a commercial session for McDonald's the following day, that's probably going to pay me very, 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 very handsomely. <laughs> and if my voice is blown out, I can't, I can't work on that thing, you mm -hmm. know? And so doing it on a Friday allows for that Saturday, Sunday buffer before the next session on Monday. Um, so yeah, typically we'll keep it at the end of, uh, of the of all your sessions that you have, um, or at the, the very, uh, or at the very end of your session. That happens mm -hmm. too. Like they'll wait until like uh, typically it'll be a four hour session for video games and three hours for animation. Uh, so for for video games, they'll wait until that last hour to do any sort of efforts. Um, you know, versus it used to be differently though, man. They it was it used to be the wild wild west until the the union went on strike and mm -hmm. we're like we can't do this anymore, you know, um, because they'd have people in there yelling from for four hours straight. Some people would be bleeding, you know, and it was it, it was horrible, um, and and you know it would take them away from other work that 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 would put uh, food on the table and keep the lights on. So yeah. it's changed. No, I'm glad to hear that because I honestly was expecting it to still maybe be like the wild wild west and i know how you have so many parties involved and they're like yeah. oh we're on a time schedule and we've got to get these lines done it's i'm glad that union has stepped in to really prioritize the actors and to give your give you the time you need to rest your voice yeah. after a yeah like you, they don't play about it no more like if, if 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 i even if i start doing this on a session they're like are you okay do you need it do you need a pause? Do we need to do something? Because they, they you know, you just understand that mm -hmm. if if this is your main character for this game and he loses his voice, he or she loses their voice, they or them lose their voice, you're not gonna have a character. And you're not you're gonna have to recast, which is a whole nother thing. <laughs> you know, another issue that you're gonna have. And you may have a lawsuit on your hands if they told you, you know, or, or something like that. So nowadays it's a little there a lot of people are more um conscious about yeah the their the actors which I'm I'm grateful for. I wish it was across the board, even on screen actors as well. Yeah. Me too. Um 
you noted that so video game sessions maybe four hours if i remember this correctly and anime is three is can you explain like maybe why that is is it because of the difference of the kind of voice acting i imagine maybe anime is just a little bit more animated yeah, for anim, anim, prelay animation, uh, so that's the animation that's done here in the United States, that's typically three hours, and that is more so because that's the union rules in terms of okay. the pay structure there. Um, and so it, it, that's what's allotted to get the work done and so that you know they can release the character to go home and, and whatever. Um, video games as well it's 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 a payment structure that the union has set aside this is the it's the work day you know that's your work day the four hour uh situation now that doesn't mean that you can't have a second four hour session afterwards god please don't do that to yourself <laughs> uh but people do people do uh, and and you know it works for them but uh four hours is just typically the time anime specifically which is aside from prelay animation um it depends. So it, now, that's the Wild Wild West because there aren't a lot of anime that are union per se. There are some for sure. Netflix is one of them. They, they do a lot of union animes and stuff in, uh, in dubs. But there's not a lot of union stuff. And so that's a little bit more. I've been in session in anime sessions where it's taken four hours or I've been in a couple of taken two, one. You know, it just depends mm-hmm. on 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 how much work there needs to be done for that specific character. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's definitely wild out west. You're going to get all types of stuff, especially also when it, in concerning pay and all that stuff, like it's all over. There's no structure at all. I think in that, but everything else is pretty, the union says, do this, you do that. <laughs> thank you, union. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, um, union. for the, this, maybe this happens in anime, maybe this doesn't happen at all, but have you been in situations where you're recording like with a group of people the other voice actors in the same room or is it usually just you by yourself recording your own lines no so in anime i've definitely done what we call walla sessions um it's funny they, they call it walla sessions because back in the day they used to have a bunch of people in one room and everybody just says walla 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 and it sounds like people are talking <laughs> in on a show uh and so yeah it, it, or like you know people say watermelon if you say it with a bunch of people it sounds like just people just having conversation um but anyway so walla is yeah you'll have a bunch of actors in one room and they're doing kind of crowd stuff some you know uh, oh, what did you hear that she said she's going here what oh you know all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um happening there animation if you're doing a show typically you will do a cast record an ensemble record um Video games, no. Rarely will you have a cast record for video games. It's typically all solo. Um, I wish we had cast records for video games. I, I, that'd be cool. Um, there have been a, there have been a, there's been twice. I worked on a game that hasn't come out yet. It comes out in the summer, but uh, where I worked with a counterpart, uh, and and we were playing off each other in a scene. And this was, but this wasn't like a an action scene it was like a cinematic dialogue scene so those typically you will have someone to feed off of but more often than not it's it's solo gotcha well i hope you get more of the cast recordings because i that's i'm thinking of myself i it always helps to feed off somebody yes I feel yeah. like that's the same with podcasts. Like, I I don't think I could just host a podcast by myself, but like <laughs> Sam and I sometimes, we just like can go back and forth and you feed off the other person. And yeah. I imagine that's that's got to be similar when you're doing voice acting. Yeah, when I when I do the animation stuff and we do a cast record, it is, it is, 
I honestly think that is the best form of learning, honestly. Mm. If if everyone could, any aspiring voice actor could be an, in an ensemble record, that will be your best coaching because you get to see how these other voice actors who are working at high levels are approaching their character, the types of improvs they do, how they bring it to life and how you feed off of that and you'll get the courage to do something new as well. And it's just like, it's like sparring. You know, you're playing basketball with the greats and after, if you're doing it in a while, you'll start to learn some tricks of the trade as well. And so that's why I, I, I that is my favorite form of, of, I think learning is being in those records. You have the cat, you have the director who's giving you input on what the scene is doing. And then you have the also, the ensemble supporting you and doing fun stuff some maybe some stuff that's not even written but it's funny and it, it, it kind of creates that show um, if everything was just written read the way it was written um you would tell you could tell a difference uh so those ensemble records really help to to bring out some some different colors and flavors in the show that's interesting while we're comparing video game and anime or animation voice acting i know we've listed some of your video game examples just to name a couple of your your anime work uh you voiced bad devil and chainsaw man rock lock and my hero academia you were in code guys um, amongst several others are there any other major differences between the two mediums i'm curious if games because Animation is is, a, is linear storytelling, whereas games can sometimes be contextual of like, oh, this thing happens, so this character reacts this way. Like, do you have to take lines a lot of different ways and a lot of different attitudes in gaming versus animation? Yeah, with so um, with animation, so so three anime specifically versus prelay animation, that is different. Um, there. Anime is a lot more confined and structured. It's actually very difficult because you have so many lip flaps. You have so many, mm. so much time to get an emotion across and also fit timing codes and all that stuff. So you don't really have room to play or to try some things to bring some realness to the character because it's already drawn and it's already there. And your job is just to provide that voice to the best of your ability for that character. Animation, they're drawing to your voice. You know, prelay animation, they're drawing to whatever you create. So really the acting and what you do, how this character comes to life is really on you. Um, and, and obviously the, 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 the illustrators will do an amazing job to kind of do, but, but whatever you do, they have to work with and that inspires them. Oh, maybe, you know, I'll, I'll draw him be, become because uh, he does a oh so I'll draw a surprise face or something or I'll draw kind of maybe him just bouncing back or something um, that you add video games um, I think also there is room to really really act out and emote things and to take breaths and to take lifts and if the line is um, uh, I'm going to the store I'll see you tomorrow right that's the line in anime I'd have to say I, I, I would hear three beeps in my ears. Beep, beep, beep. I'm going to the store. I'll see you tomorrow. That's how much time I have. And I've got to get out of there. You know, with video games and animation, you have time to play with that, right? You have, uh, I'm going to the store. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm going to the store. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm going to the store. I'll see you tomorrow. You know, you have mm -hmm. more times to, and more creative uh, uh, more of a palette to play with. 
It animates a lot more structured and whatever that thing is saying, whatever that that drawing is, you, you, you're matching that. So that's what I would say. I think there's more freedom in animation and, and prelay animation in video games than there is in anime. That's really interesting. Thank you for explaining to that. Admittedly, as 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 much as I love animation, anime, I, I wasn't familiar with the term prelay, but that explain that ex- makes sense now that you explain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh, you know, obviously the anime is is done in in Asia, some some Japan, Korea. It depends, uh, but uh, that's the anime, and 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 then we Texas has a huge studio here, Crunchyroll or Funimation that works mm-hmm. on that kind of stuff, and then uh, also some studios in in L.A. that does it. But uh, prelay animation is definitely what's hasn't been drawn yet, you know, and and just they draw to our voices which i think is an incredible skill to do <laughs> it must yeah. be crazy i can't imagine <laughs> yeah so the last major blocker or segment we wanted to tackle here was bring us back to the beginning with hi-fi rush kind of taking that as an example of what it looks like to work on a video game voice a- as a voice actor uh, how so the game launched in G- late january when did you work? It, it, you know, of course, let us know if any of the, this you can't talk about. But like, how long ago did you work on Hi-Fi Rush? Yeah, so I think I worked on Hi-Fi Rush the I would say the fall of twenty twenty one, the like summer and fall of twenty twenty one. Okay. okay. That was kind of the the time frame that I started working on it, and I remember it because it was I started to do quite a bit of work for Apex at that point. The character had not come out yet, so I was doing that at the same time. And so all through the fall of 2021 and 2022, we were working on it. I mean, I remember uh, really up until I think it was like May of 2022 that we st- that I did my final lines or something. Yeah, yeah, May is when I did my final lines um, in L.A. And so, yeah, that's been, it's been, I, when I tell you I forgot about that game, (laughs) I I mean, even, even the audition in itself, um, I don't know if that's one of your questions on, on that, but um, even the audition, it was a requested audition. Someone requested me to specifically read for that character. And they were like, yeah, he's got a, he's got an English accent, you know, and he's a big lovable guy. And. And I was like, I and I wasn't gonna audition for it because I was like, ah, I'm not, I'm not really, fit. you know. I was like, I don't know, you know, I don't know. And then my agent was like, Hey, they really want you to audition for it. And so I, I auditioned, and I was like, Okay, let's throw in, the, you know, throw the rat, the hat, and the ring or whatever. Uh, and then yeah, I started. I got the call saying that they wanted to bring me in on it, uh, and I worked with the incredible, incredible director Amanda Wyatt, who was our casting director and and director on the on the on the property. Um, and I worked with her on Call of Duty as well. So I don't know if it's because of that that she that she brought me back. I don't I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of how that that whole thing started. And yeah, I had no clue. I, I was like, I was like, I forgot about it. And then January came. I was like. What? <laughs> that's all of our I feel like reactions to that I remember watching it and I was I was like okay like they're talking about games they've already announced and like we're getting dates when they're coming out and then they release this trailer and I was just I was like oh my god this looks like so much fun I love games that have like full cast voice acting um, and I remember playing and yeah Macaron was just so endearing for a character where you're 
it's a game where you're like you're fighting. It's rhythm based, but you're still it's you're fighting. And then there's this character. He's like, I don't want to fight. He's a pacifist. <laughs> he yeah. is a pacifist. And yeah, one of my questions was if that was something that they had already established prior to bringing you on or not. Um, yeah, they they definitely did. They 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 told he, the director told me of the game um, told me I had the gate. He was like he's a he he doesn't want to do it he can if he needs to get down sometimes he'll let his his kind of frustration maybe take over in that moment but then he'll be like oh i'm sorry you know (laughs) and 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 so he he doesn't want to if he doesn't have to he's smart big lovable guy you know you just want to give him a big hug um and so that was that was the direction we took um Mm -hmm. and every now and then we'll we'll give him a little bit of edge but it's not a lot he's a he's all about love and and you know, making sure all the crew was safe. Yeah, it's he was a very refreshing character. I yeah. felt while playing it, I really liked him. Yeah, um, brought a lot of warm energy to the game for sure. Yeah, yeah. you you mentioned that like you had you forgot about that game until it came out. Um, is that pretty typical um, for games for you to not be involved in any of like the marketing, or are there any games where they kind of ask you to promote it on your own, like? <laughs> Yeah, so typically they will ask us to promote, like a lot of the games that I'm a part of, they will ask us to promote um, mm-hmm. and to talk about it. So, but what they do is they'll wait until probably the week before, or with Hi-Fi it was like days before it was about to release. I think it was like a couple of days before it was going to release that we got the email saying, hey, the game's going to be out, it's dropping. That's when I was like, wait, what game is this? What, what did I work on? <laughs> you know, and then like Hi-Fi Rush. And it's also, mind you, it's also under a code name. I didn't know it was going to be called Hi-Fi Rush. It was under a, a code name, which I won't say the code name because I don't know if they're going to use it for the, you know, for something else. Um, but it's under a code name. So when they saw Hi-Fi Rush, I'm like, I'm looking up what it is and I can't find it anywhere online. And I'm looking in my emails, Hi-Fi Rush, nothing. And it wasn't until we saw the trailer that I was like, oh, <laughs> this thing. Yes. I was like, golly, you know, so it's typical. Yeah, that. We, we do a lot of stuff and some things get jumbled or we, we kind of we are trained as voice actors to and actors to audition and forget it. Right. Mm-hmm. And to do the thing and forget it, because you never know if they'll maybe recast you, if they may choose something else or whatever. So you just do it. And then when it comes out, you're surprised. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's a fun thing. Yeah, it's we're also very familiar with that side of game development of they probably didn't even know until a couple of days before that Xbox event if that was going to happen. Yeah. We're, we're used to being on our toes at all times because you just never know if these games are going to come out. You, you just, and, and you never know how it's going to be received as well. I mean, when I worked on it, I don't know if I had an I don't think I had a, a real impression on the game. I mean, I saw some of the... Um, some of the cinematics because they were already done and I mm-hmm. had to uh, ADR a dub to some of the things that were done and I had to work on. Um, and I was in my mind, I was like, is this going to be a switch game? Like I, I didn't know what it was going to be at all. I couldn't tell. And so when it said it was coming on, on, on PC and everything, I was like, Oh wow, this is a whole thing. And then people started raving about it and it was getting tens across the board. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh my gosh! I'm a part of something that's that's pretty, pretty big right now. That's amazing. Yeah, and it really took off on Twitch too. It was a really big hit with streamers. I'm not sure if you streamed it or 
you not saw yet. anybody who streamed not, it. But, but I but I did see some a couple a few people streaming yeah. it, which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was I enjoyed I almost enjoyed watching it more because people are better at rhythm games <laughs> and so bad. I'm like I it's hilarious how bad I am at rhythm games, but they are fun, mm. so I do enjoy them. I'm just like no one watched me play because yeah, right. embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the, the the launch reception to the game, um, you know, whether it is with Macaron or your other characters, because I know there are massive fan art communities for like Apex and Valorant. Like, how does it feel to see your characters, you know, get taken by these fan bases and do all these these fan arts and, and some tweet at you or some maybe you just stumble upon? Oh, it's 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 amazing. You can never you know, when somebody cares that deeply to take their time to draw that character and, and to just you know show their appreciation and love it, it just warms my heart and it's a it's a it's an amazing thing and i know the developers must be so elated and just so because you you I mean man you work on these things stuff for two three years sometimes longer than that there's games i've worked i've been i'm working on now that we've been working on the last three years three and a half years um and and some people i got friends who worked on the god of war thing for like five years six years Mm -hmm. you know it's it's it just takes forever and you know they're putting their blood sweat and tears into it so then when it's a drop and they get that type of reception it's it's man it's like you're giving birth really it's just like (laughs) boom here you go you know and and now the world gets to uh to love on it And, and i think that's uh it's 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 a great thing it's a great feeling that's really cool. So you mentioned, you know, three, five years. I know you mentioned for Hi-Fi Rush um, starting in like fallish 21, wrapping in Mayish 22. Um, what does that look like? Is it, you know, do you, you know, a couple of weeks later get another contact like, oh, we need to record more? Like, how does that yeah. look like drawn out across months or years? Yeah, so it'll it'll be, you know, with, with, with Hi-Fi, it was... Uh, separated so we did one in fall I think it was like uh, it was either September October something like that and then we did another one in November and then a couple of months later we, we at the at the new year of 2022 we did one at the end of like January and then another one in May so it's just kind of like sporadic and, and where they feel like it, it it's needed sometimes there may be rewrites sometimes there may be direction on Oh, uh, he's not feeling good in this in this in this scene. Let's change him. Let's do this or whatever, and we come back to re-record it or something. Um, or sometimes it's a tech issue. Hey, we got a little bump on one of the words you say. We want to get that word again. Uh, so it, it and you know they'll reach out to my my uh, my reps and say, hey, we need Gabe for this many hours, and and you know we, we get in, we knock it out. Sometimes we don't take the whole four hours or whatever. We just you know, and sometimes we do. So it just depends on on what it is. So. Uh, I, you know, a lot of times it's you, you're working on all the more the technical mechanics stuff of the game. And then at the end of it, you'll go back and pick up the missing pieces. Maybe there was a, you know, like I said, line change or something in a scene that you did maybe a year ago that we go back to and try to mm-hmm. replicate and make it better. Caitlin, do you have any other specific Hi-Fi Rush questions you wanted to ask? I don't think so. I think we covered it. Just one note on the game itself, like you said, Caitlin, with the full voice acting, like so few games include voice acting for the uh, on-text bubbles um, that you'll often see in, like, an RPG. Usually it's just, you know, me, 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 like, you know, the little, the filler sounds. Uh, But it is so refreshing, especially when the characters are so lively and colorful in Hi-Fi Rush to have that dialogue acted out. So that was just another part of the game. And, like, 
thank you and to the rest of the cast for like bringing those characters to life because that's just another added detail that makes the game even better. Yeah, I mean, you can really tell. Working on it, you, I I could tell that this wasn't. This is not. These aren't throwaway characters. These aren't like throwaway mm-hmm. stuff. Like everything is intentional. I mean, obviously the rhythm, everything, the world moves to that. But even in the creative, I mean, it is everything is intentional, and all these characters. There's there's breadth. There's there's weight and. You feel for them in some way, even for the robots, <laughs> you know. And so, no, it definitely the, the team did a fantastic job. Which just it it made you feel like you're watching Saturday morning cartoon. It really did, and you got to you got to play that yeah. that cartoon, which is which is dope. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, kind of in closing, we we usually like to ask like certain shades of questions across our guests, no matter what industry or field they're in. Um, a, Gabe, what would your advice be to aspiring voice actors um, trying to get started? Yeah, I would I would 100 um, percent tell them to take some acting classes. I think before you even crack open a microphone, just have that be your your foundation for your voice acting, whether you're going into commercial voice acting or video game animation, character work, all that stuff like you want to be able to when someone tells you so here's the world we're building you know he's a fire breathing dragon but he's also very sweet he's lovable but he's you know he has a side of him you know whatever you want to be able to be able to create those characters and 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 get yourself in that space and imagining that world immediately and acting helps with that you know acting becoming something else or being able to change your voice or maybe maybe you don't even have a you you don't consider yourself to have an interesting voice that is okay like you can it's, it's it's all about the acting um and bringing a character to life i think people make the misconception of thinking i've got to have this incredible Um, voice and I tell people all the time like I've got this amazing piano right here but if I don't know how to play it it doesn't really matter you know I'm saying I I have to know how to play my instrument and so you are always going to beat out if you are an incredible actor you're always going to beat out somebody with a huge barely sweet velvet voice you are you are because you're able to bring that character to life and make it feel real instead of let me just read everything like this the entire time so I can show you have a great voice. You know, that doesn't that doesn't resonate with people. Um, you won't play the game if you heard that, right. <laughs> depending on the context. You know what I'm saying? So I, I would definitely say take acting classes. And then go on, um, there's a website called IWantToBeAVoiceActor.com. It's done by my incredible friend D. Bradley Baker and a legend in our in our industry. Um, and and all your questions in terms of getting into the industry, what you would need for microphones, what you would need for agency is on that website. Yeah, great advice. And I didn't know D. Bradley Baker created that website. That's very cool. I'm familiar with their yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's incredible. Love him and I've done some classes, some coaching with him as well. Incredible actor. And oh, yeah, he's best. You mentioned kind of that is in its own form like I mean the the, the grandest form of improvising, being told the world and coming up with the the character and the voice and the story behind it. That one fun thing I just wanted to get in, do you actually get to improvise as in like come up with lines that often or are you most often just given a, you know, a script that you're working with? Yeah, um, it, it really depends. Typically, more often than not, you have a script, right? And what you do with that script is you could add some things to it to kind of make it because sometimes what you write down or what a writer will write down 
doesn't always translate to a conversational kind of how we're talking right now. So you may want to drop some consonants or something or just make some things feel a little bit more chill, a little bit more real and grounded. And so that in that way and then sometimes at the end of the phrases, sometimes you may want to like if you said uh, a line said um, that hurt, you know, you you may say something like, oh, God, <laughs> that hurt, you know, or you, you know, or you say that hurt you know just those types of things to help bring the line i wouldn't say go to town there's not a lot of things where you're going to town and you're just completely rewriting lines and all that stuff i think that can sound like a diss to certain writers so that's not something that's always welcome but there there can be moments where you can either put something at the beginning of a line or at the end of a line or maybe maybe something even in the middle i've happened a lot of times where i've chosen those moments it's like we didn't write that, but I like that. Let's keep that because it's in the flavor of the character. Yeah. Sometimes it'll like maybe it feels natural. As you're saying the line, you're like, I want to add this word here because that's it just flows. And-, and it's a it's a creative process, right? It's a collaboration. Yeah. So you can you ask your 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 writer who will be in the room there with you to to, to help with the director and making sure that you're there's integrity to, to what's written. You know, can I add this? What would it sound if I did this? You know, and mm-hmm. if they say, oh, let's just let's keep it as is, then you find other moments. Uh, but it's not there's not a lot of times where they're like, hey, just create a line on your own. Uh, I know there was there was one act, actress. I, I won't say her name, but she came into studio and this is the first time they gave her a character. And they were like, yeah, this is the world we're working on. Um and we just we don't know what the what we want the character to be like internally, the personality, but this is the world we want her in. And she created this entire thing. I mean, lines and everything. It was literally an hour of her just, you know, it was, the, the character was more of a creature like thing. She would get on her knees and have the microphone <laughs> and just doing all this crazy stuff and just trying to build this world. And then it inspired the writers to write about. Now that rarely happens. You've got to have some, some balls and some 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 top <laughs> billing stuff going on to be able to do that. And and you know to to some writers who were hired to do that, right? Yeah. So it it sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But you know it's varying degrees of it. You know sometimes they'll ask for it, and other times you. you just kind of feel it. Mm. Maybe I want to add something here, um, and you you run it by your director. That's cool. That That's like, yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> Don't want to offend the writers too much. <laughs> right. Right. Um. Well, we know you want to be. Well. Maybe you don't want to be, but we want you to be in Fortnite so you can collect all the Infinity Wars of FPS games. <laughs> but if you had to choose like your dream role, what would that be? Uh, man, my dream role, I would love to play. Uh, I would love to play War Machine in a Marvel animated series or uh, Green Lantern. Um, that would be I would I would love to either one of those in DC obviously, but mm-hmm. I would love to to work on one of those uh, properties. I've I've done Marvel games, but I haven't done any TV shows for Marvel yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, I really want them to do more animated in Marvel. Yeah, I really like that a War Machine animated show. I would love that. Would be amazing. I would man. I'd have to. I don't know, sell my dog or something. <laughs> Take my dog! <laughs> hire me! Nah. I'll let my wife hear that. 
<laughs> we'll we'll manifest it so you don't have to sell your dog. <laughs> thank you. I need it. Uh. Well, Gabe, thank you so much for your time. Uh, this has been an absolute pleasure and, and very interesting learning about the ins and outs of voice acting and voice work. Uh, we, we highlighted a lot of your work, but uh, where should people find you, check you out? Is there any other things we didn't cover that you want to highlight as favorites? No, I mean, I mean uh, you know, people can check me out on, uh, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at uh, Gabe Kunda. Nice and easy, you'll find me. Love it. Uh Anything else you want to promote before we wrap the show? Keep playing hi-fi. Keep playing hi-fi. You know, we, if everybody keeps on playing, maybe there might be another one. I don't know, but keep <laughs> playing it. <laughs> we want more macaron. <laughs> we yes. need it. We need it. Uh, well, great. You can find me everywhere at Sam Scott Mosier. Caitlin, where can the people find you? You can find me at Caitlin Redwing on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd for my unhinged movie takes. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find the show everywhere at Real Time Strats. Email us questions at podcast at triplepointpr.com. And until next time, thank you all so much for listening. Thanks. Thank you.